show. Uh, I am Will Stockdale, Ministry Associate with Ministry Estate, here with Robert Hassler, a fellow Ministry Associate and good friend, and really excited to have a guest with us today. I'm excited to have my really good friend, Brighton Butler, which I, I knew you when you were Brighton Keller, like most people. This is a, kind of a new development, just coming up on a year. And so um, Brighton uh, and I have known each other for, I guess, two or three years now. We were both at the same church in Dallas for a while at PCPC and then um, knew her now husband when he was her fiance and then boyfriend and even pre-boyfriend <laughs> days. And so it's been fun to see y'all's journey come along. Brighton is a social media influencer. Uh, she produces a, a fashion blog and website and then also uh, on her Instagram page has followers and talks about everything from fashion to faith to her pregnancy and marriage. And I, I won't say any more about the pregnancy, but it's, it's very <laughs> exciting. I know the due date is in March, which is, which is wonderful and good news. And so, Brighton, we're really glad to have you here. And one of the things Robert and I, uh, just to dive right in, talk about and think about a lot is, is social media and its influence on us. And we both use social media a pretty fair amount to to get our news, to kind of cultivate our news and our intake. But we also notice that there's a lot of negativity out there, not only negativity in what people are saying, but the way that it can affect my own psyche, my own disposition. Mm -hmm. I, I've, had to, <laughs> I've had to instantiate a no before noon rule. So I, I try to stay off Twitter before <laughs> noon just so I have my feet under me. But I'm maybe more susceptible. That's smart. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thank you. Sometimes I fail. I do not always do such a good job. But we wanted to have a conversation with you about what it means to engage with social media in a healthy and a fruitful way uh, in your broad array of topics. So I think my first question for us to get us oriented and situated is, how did you get into social media? And what's like a, a story of your journey of how you got to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is actually only like my second or third podcast. So I'm new to this world, but I do really enjoy it. So thanks for having me. So I'll try to keep this short be, because the story is just kind of, it's kind of long, but I would say like the way I got into social media was kind of by accident because when I started my whole I guess at the time it was a blog. Um, it was really just like a little side thing I was doing to help my mom because she had a shoe company where she designed shoes. And I was really just kind of helping her promote those and working on like building websites just for fun while I was like studying for the CPA exam. This was all before Instagram. I mean, yes, there was Facebook, but when I started like posting stuff to an actual blog and like linking my outfits, I wasn't sharing that on Facebook um, because my Facebook was like my personal space. And so it was a blog. And then over, you know, I guess that was like 2012 and 13 ish. And that was kind of around the time that Instagram came to be. So that's why I say by accident is because at first it was a blog. And then once social media, specifically Instagram became the place where people wanted to consume the kind of content they were also consuming on blogs you know, I started also posting there and using that platform um, and kind of posting on Instagram to notify people of new blog posts. And then slowly but surely, you know, over the past like seven years, 
it's become like I have two platforms an Instagram and a blog. So here we are today. <laughs> it was excellent history straight from the source. <laughs> so, well, and, and with that, it, I'm, I'm guessing it has evolved in ways also. Not only has it become accidental, but one of the neat things about your platform and your your presence online is that you don't just talk about fashion. Uh, you right. do incorporate everything from personal humorous to faith. How did you realize that there was space for that? And how did you, what's your process to become more comfortable? Because that can be a really vulnerable thing to talk about mm-hmm. your faith and Christian experience to, to right. a bunch of people. Well, you know, it, like I said, we're talking about a span of seven or eight years. So it was very slow and very organic, I would say. And I think a lot of it, a lot of the transition was influenced A, by the ever-changing nature of the industry and B, by social media trends and platforms coming out. So back when I first started using Instagram, as much as I was using my blog, which was like 2014, 2015, Um, It was all about the outfit. I wasn't, for me, Instagram was never like maybe what it was for some people. Like I didn't really share. I would share when I would go to like weddings or things with friends, but like it was a business for me and it was all about the clothes and, and selling my outfits and then like making commission. I wasn't, I was like, if you go back then, you can look at my captions. It was like, I just found out this sweater is on 30% now. Maybe I would say like headed to dinner with my girlfriends, but I wouldn't really share that much of my life. It was very two dimensional. And then came Snapchat. And I took a really long time before I engaged in it. But then once I did, I kind of saw that as more of a place where I could just share myself. And I did not have very many followers at all on Snapchat. I think I had under 10,000, which at the time I want to say my Instagram was at least over a hundred, I think. Um, but all that to say, it felt more like intimate. So I started to just share other aspects of my life and it wasn't curated. It was very much in the moment. I'm going to CVS. They have hot tamales. Oh my gosh. They also have these sour gummies that are sold out everywhere. Like just sharing stuff. I would like tell a friend and it wasn't content quote unquote, you know? And as I continue to do that, I noticed that people kind of started to follow along and people that came from my Instagram. Um, And then I kind of started to weave the two together. And so that was like very start of kind of to share more of myself. And then I don't want to like make this too long, but the decision to like start doing it more on Instagram was actually very strategic for me. I started to notice at this time, because back then there weren't very many people that were posting outfits and and doing what I did. It wasn't a thing. Like, like I remember, I think when I met some people at our church for the first time, like I didn't really tell them what I did because I, you didn't say like you were a blogger. There was no such thing as an influencer. So what did you say? Like I post photos of myself online. Like I'm a narcissist. Like Like, it just felt weird. You know, once you kind of got into it and saw that like there was revenue to be made and that you were linking the outfits and it wasn't just like, look at me, it made sense, but it still felt weird. So I started to notice that there were a ton of other people popping up and it became by 2015, it was starting to become like this true industry And maybe to the outside world, it didn't look that way, right? But that's kind of how it always is. But to those of us that were in it, I could tell that there there was such a low barrier to entry 
if you had somewhat of a fascist sense and were willing to take photos of yourself and post it on the internet, like you could do what I was doing and make money too. So I feel like in 2015 and 16, I mean, before you knew it, everyone was, was, was an Instagrammer. I don't really know what the name was back then. I don't think influencer was a word yet. And I kind of noticed that and I was like, okay, I got to figure out a way. And I felt like I was on a hamster wheel. I mean, there's a lot of other um, variables at play here, but I'm trying to keep it concise. So I made a decision. I was like, okay, I really need to start like making it less about just the clothes and being a mannequin and more about like a brand and like an ideal and something that inspires people. Not to the point where I was wearing like Chanel and I was completely unattainable and I was, you know, only being photographed in New York City with by a professional photographer, like not that, but something in the middle, like I wanted to take what I was doing, like me shopping at Nordstrom and Madewell, the every every girl, but share more than just like this is on sale. So I started to slowly but surely start just like sharing other parts of my life. And in the middle of that, and so I got the idea from Snapchat kinda and saw that it that would it was successful and that people wanted more of it. And then Instagram stories came to Instagram. And so at first people weren't really like posting. I wasn't really posting. I was like telling people, but the whole story is on my Snapchat or whatever. And then slowly but surely started like transitioning over. And it was kind of like this slow and organic evolution, I guess, to where I also started sharing other parts of my life that, I, that maybe wouldn't perform as well on Instagram, but that I knew would kind of like create this more all encompassing ideal, not even ideal, but I guess brand for lack of a better word, um, that people could relate to. And what I meant by not performing as well is like, at the time I had trained my audience, the photos that did the best for me were photos that were from like the bottom of my nose to like the middle of my leg, where you could really see like the detailing of the jeans or the skirt and maybe my lipstick. And at the time, like chunky jewelry was, was in and then my sweater. So they could literally buy it like they would on like an e-commerce site, you know? So when I started posting stuff that was more like, I don't know, me out and about or me studying or journaling or something, it kind of caught people off guard, but I started weaving it in and I started getting used to it. So that was kind of how I started incorporating other parts of my life. I would say I didn't start talking about my faith from the get-go. I had to kind of like round out what I, my content first, I just started talking about like, you know, organization. Um, and I started talking about ways, tips and tricks for like using technology and planning and different things I was learning in life. And then eventually, as I felt like I was sharing so many different areas of my life, it felt just natural to start kind of weaving in, well, here's why I believe these things, or here's why I made this decision here's why I don't do this or here's my opinion on that. And it naturally just like brought up my faith. And then honestly, a lot of it came too from me just sharing my outfits out where to church. And then that naturally would lend itself into what church do you go to? Why do you go to church? Cause I also wasn't just going to church. I was going to a young adults group. So it was kind of, you know, it just was like a big part of my life. So if I was sharing an outfit on a Tuesday you know, before going to young adults group, I would say in my caption, I'm going to, I don't remember what we called it, Bible study or something, but it was at church. So it just kind of was like all knitted together. And then I think in 2018, I was like, I think, or maybe it was 2017, I can't remember. 
Like, I think I kind of want this to be like a part of, like, instead of just being something I casually talk about on stories, I'd like to start creating more thoughtful content every so often. I don't want to get, I, I had no intention of getting into like ministry, but I was like, I'd like it to be a pillar, a core pillar of what I'm about so that there is no confusion. So that when people follow me, like they know that this is something that's going to come up and it doesn't seem off brand if it does. So I started incorporating it into like my vlog um, and my captions instead of just off the cusp talking about it on my stories, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Well, the, you know, the technical term, I think, for the young adult Sunday school is ambassadors, right? Isn't right. That yeah. No, but actually, no, before that, it was called something else. Oh, I mean, it was ambassadors. I don't know. Who knows? Tuesday all, night. All I ever knew it as was ambassadors. But yeah. Something else. Mm -hmm. I remember. And then I went on a mission trip. Oh, sorry. That was another thing. I went on a mission trip and that was another big thing where it was like, like I've never just like not shared what I was doing or like being completely transparent. So that was another opportunity where it was like, yeah, I'm in Japan and here's why I'm here and I'm with my church and you know, it just kind of worked. <laughs> well, one of the ways that I, when, I, when I first was getting to know you was I was working in high school ministry at PCPC and you and Duncan were volunteering with the high school ministry. And oh, yeah. so you, you had a community group of, I guess, freshmen or sophomore girls at the uh -huh. time. And I was working in Deep Ellum in Dallas at a coffee shop. And I looked up and you were walking in for a photo shoot and you had one of your Bible study girls. Yes, I it did. Was, it was neat. And you mentioned incorporating faith with your work and making this organic evolution. And something behind the scenes that I don't know if people saw, but it was really beautiful to see you bring her into that. To yeah, she wanted to see what it was like to do a shoot for a brand. Oh, she was glowing. I mean, that She's was- so cute. I was, was like, sure, on. come on. <laughs> it's awkward, usually. <laughs> oh, I, well, I, yeah, I, I've never been asked for some strange reason to do a photo shoot, who knows why, but uh, I, I, I loved it. And, and as someone who was doing youth ministry to see an older person love on a younger person in that kind of way. It, it just has such Yeah, that was really fun. I'm like, I need to get, I need to do that again. Yeah, find some people up in Colorado. Yeah, be like, come on, come with me, keep me company. Yeah. And make it more fun. Yes. And with that, I know that you, you see how people respond. You mentioned that certain photos that are from a certain perspective do a better job. Right. Um, people respond to uh, your stories when you're on mission trips or, or, mm -hmm. or where you're going to church. I mean, one of the big points of like vitriol in social media is how people react to mm -hmm. posts and comments and what they say to each other. And I'm wondering if you've seen any commonalities for what leads to fruitful or unfruitful conversations, what, what, how you identify trolls yeah. How do you stay away from that? And one thing is, how do you guard your heart, I guess, in these interactions? Because they can be like so... As a creator, yeah. Because there's, there's two different, like okay. guarding your heart on social media as a consumer and then guarding your heart on social media as someone that's going to get tomatoes thrown at them, but then also have the confidence and I guess like principles to know to get back up and to know that like those weren't real tomatoes. Those were just troll tomatoes. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying right now, but like you get what I mean, right? I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess in that consumer-creator distinction, how yeah. would, what would you say in both of those? I can answer the, I'll answer the creator one. I, I, I wish I had better advice, but I would say Duncan, my husband, has been the most helpful because 
I honestly think no matter how tough you are, like if you read something, even if it is clearly a troll, which you can usually tell it's a troll because they're like vindictive or they're like, it's not well thought out. They're, they're just mad. And then they say like something really mean or they like jump to some conclusion and there's no like, I heard you say this and I don't know if this is what you meant, but this is kind of how it came across. Like there's none of that, like being kind and thoughtful. Um, but so I don't really have an answer. I feel like it's something I struggle with all the time mm-hmm. as someone that like, I struggle with just confidence in general or just like putting myself out there. Like I'm fine in like my real life confidence wise, but then to like state your opinion or to share something that some people might not respond well to, or as a contentious subject. And then to have people criticize you, like it, it does get in your head. Or if you're just doing your everyday life and people are like, I can't believe you did that. Or someone says, you know, makes a comment or whatever. It's hard for it not to like, maybe it doesn't initially upset me, but it just like, I, it gets in my head and I start to think about it. And so I think what helps me the most is like voicing it out loud. And it just so happens to mostly be with Duncan and be like, this is what they said. Can we like bring truth to this and say like, or even sometimes acknowledging like maybe where they're coming from, it's, it's helpful to me, but then to say, but okay, but, but here's where I stand and bringing truth and be like, but that's actually a lie, whatever they said about me or whatnot. And kind of like airing it out instead of letting their comment just ruminate in my mind over and over again, you know, without bringing truth to it. Because I think the enemy can use that comment and like drill holes to the point where I'll become less of myself trying to cater to those like seven people. (laughs) So that's my advice is um, to bring truth to it is literally to take the comment for what it is. And, and I, I think when people say, oh, just like, don't worry about the haters. I don't think that's helpful because we are all human and susceptible to being insecure. Um, and so like when someone says something that is clearly ridiculous, but it still gets to you, I think the best ad- advice I have and what's worked for me is to just take their comment, like look at it. Is there truth to it? is there any like validity whatsoever? Like, do they have a position and just kind of like bringing truth and kind of building yourself back up in the process? It's really helpful. What's really cool about your story. Um, I'm, I just took a class in like apologetics and evangelism. And like one of the things that they teach us is this sort of bringing your whole self um, mm-hmm. into that, that work and how that how your sort of evangelism, your faith comes out naturally and organically as as opposed to sort of like standing on the streets with like a sign being like, Hey, listen to me. Um, And so I think that's really cool. I'm really interested in the experiences you've had maybe either in your DMS or just people reaching out more individually and sort of how they have reacted to uh, your messages about faith or positivity or things like that. How, how have you seen that work happen in other people that follow you and and listen to you? I think that the majority of people, and by majority, I mean, we're probably close to the 50% mark, really enjoy that. And I, when I talk about my faith and when I talk about other parts of my life that are not transactional or content related and by content related, meaning like, here is this piece of content I prepared for you. Like, it's not real life. It's not me. Like I would be talking to a friend. I think they really enjoy 
when I go off script. Um, and that is why the majority of the, of those people stick around. And that is the feedback I hear over and over again is I like the outfits and thanks for the recipes and inspiration there and like the home decor and workouts and organization, et cetera. But I actually stick around to hear from you. Like, I just like to hear how you see the world and how you're processing things. And it seems that people are literally sticking around for that breath of fresh air. Like they appreciate that I'm giving them advice or sharing what worked for me on like cleaning supplies. I don't even know, whatever, like content, right? But then that's when they really turn up the volume and are like, okay, I got to focus here because I want to know what she's saying because like that authenticity is just so it's like a magnet and I notice it in myself and people that I follow it's like yeah I follow you for your content but I really light up when you just talk about your day and someone you ran into and what you learned and so to go back to your question people are thirsty for it they're thirsty for those unscripted moments and just to get a peek a real peek into someone's life and I think it's a nice balance when it comes to social media since social media has become such a business. It is kind of cool that as an individual like me, whereas, you know, a hair salon, they're not going to be able to, sh to, to go there with the transparency or share, like already kind of business, right? I can. And I think that people on social media really appreciate that because it's not super common, things are really staged and they are really scripted and they are always getting sold to like as a consumer. And so when you get that interaction, people perk up. When you're watching stories or reading a post and you can tell someone's opening up, I think people just like stop in their tracks, like they want it. Sort of like a follow-up question. So like, I remember so much, there was so much talk about, you know, social media was growing, it was becoming this big industry and there were so many voices, especially coming from Christian conservative circles who were saying things like, we need to be careful of this thing. We need to be watchful of this thing. And then COVID happened. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, everything was happening online. Everything was happening. You know, churches were all of a sudden having to sign up for Facebook Live so that they could get their content out um, and get their messages out. And it's, I've been doing all of these different webinars and listening to pastors and ministry leaders trying to adjust to what it is. I mean, do you have advice for ministry leaders, people who are, who are now finding themselves in this space, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, they're sort of now the influencer of their congregations. Right. Like, what, what are some things they should be thinking about as they navigate this space? Right. They may have had maybe, unfortunately, more, more hostile attitudes towards before, but now this is what they've got. This is what they, they're oh. working with. You know, and I think the answer is twofold. I think there's a different answer for churches and organizations, and I don't think I can really speak to that as much, but for the individuals and leaders at those churches and organizations that have become a part of like the fabric that makes those up, I think my advice is to lean into the tension that, you know, in a different way than in your, if you're in ministry, like, yes, you know, your work and your faith are all combined. And you're preaching these things to whether you're like to preaching at church on Sunday or you're a Bible study leader or whatever. Um, and it's expected that you're living them out, but it's a really unique opportunity. I think with social media 
to get to live in the tension that everyone else does and and kind of be a, a little bit human and so like my advice is like yes like you know in the same way that a pastor would like prepare a sermon over the course of a week and include a personal story at the beginning and connect it to scripture i would encourage people in, in leadership positions to like share parts of their life and maybe more in the moment and then like maybe what they learned or what god taught them or how they felt convicted kind of more not necessarily real time because obviously you don't want to process online but it just gives you more opportunities to kind of like live out your faith and show that yes i'm human and you know i messed up here but here's what i learned and then here's the truth that it led me back to um and as i'm speaking like someone that i think does a really good job of this is um jenny allen i mean she's not like a pastor or anything but she is in ministry and a bible teacher and she does a really good job of just like it's like she's not preparing content, but she'll end up preparing content because she'll be like, I don't know, she'll make a statement that's biblical, but she'll explain how she got there. And then she realized, oh my gosh, the people need to hear this again or whatever, you know? And it's just so impactful because you really feel like she is a believer living in the same tension. And you're like, she had a hard time asking for help too. She has a hard time, you know, with community too. And here's what she does to overcome it or, or whatever, you know? And I think that it's like a really powerful tool. And granted, it's a double-edged sword because if you show too much vulnerability, then people are like, well, you're a leader. You're supposed to be like on this soapbox. But I, I do think that there's a way to do it that can really be impactful. And I've seen that as someone that's not in ministry, but just someone that, share struggles I have on a daily basis and then circling back to truth and what the Bible says about me, what Jesus says about me and, you know, the reality of the enemy and, and how powerful he is. And just those little things where people are just like, wow, I was thinking about what you said last week. And I was talking about it with my husband. Like I just get these crazy stories and I'm not even in ministry, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's the, priesthood of all believers at or it's it's the yeah the handle um we're all called to ministry in some form or another mm -hmm. and uh robert was asking about ministry leaders i guess would you say the same thing to christians thinking about social media as well how they engage how they interact with various i platforms? do because i actually think that even if someone disagrees with you or maybe misunderstands something you say there is something that is truly like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, like hard to get mad at mm -hmm. when someone, and I know this from my own experience, is just sharing their story or what happened to them that day and then how they overcame it. There's something that like is hard to upset people about that. And I know this because when the moments when I have been like, you know, the most vulnerable, and when I say vulnerable, I'm not like, a mess online like i'm saying like this upset me and then i remember this truth or of course like bringing it back to the truth like not like helping me any out in any way um people that aren't believers have said i don't agree with you like i don't believe the same things you believe but because it's so obvious that you're just being yourself and you authentically believe this and you're sh sharing this struggle like it doesn't offend me yeah. and when you're when you're approaching it from that standpoint too it's not a preaching moment it's literally just a real life moment. And I think that people recognize that and it doesn't 
like doesn't upset them. Well, we're, we're about at our 30 minute mark here, but if you had anything else that you wanted to add or. Oh, I guess the one thing we had talked about earlier um, that I'll just bring up quickly is kind of like how as a consumer, so not as like a mm. creator or a pastor, how do you kind of enter into social media? How do you be a part of it without getting sucked into it? And we had talked about how, you know, unlike some other media or other areas of our life where we're interacting with people, social media is something that you have to police on your own more so, mm. and that you have to be very self-aware and kind of like know when to have red flags. And so I just wanted to touch on that because you guys had asked like, yeah. if I had any thoughts for so being someone so involved in social media with like any advice or thoughts on how other people should to take part in it. And I just think the biggest thing is doing like check-ins with yourself and creating that feedback loop and not letting the messages um, or the lies or the truths or whatever of social media that you are consuming, like overcome you. Like there should be like a weekly check-in where you're just kind of like, okay, is this taking over my life or am I starting to not be grateful for the things that I do have? And then having like the, courage to unfollow certain people or to know that like in order to take care of yourself and your mental health or even your walk with Christ might mean to like make some adjustments and that doesn't mean it's forever but I think there's something so like empowering in doing that and I, I you know since I am in social media and I'm on it all the time I feel like I constantly have to be aware of being like wait this is influencing me too much who am I listening to why am I giving them that much power or whatnot um, and just like, I guess the takeaway is to create that feedback loop and not be afraid to change something because you'd be surprised the big impact that it would make if you like set a limit or unfollow someone or decide not to respond or, or whatnot. It, it really does make a big difference um, because those little things like add up over time and can hurt to really mess with us. Right. I think that's a, phenomenal way to end so i think that's a great that this advice of there is a need to to monitor and police and to do those check-ins especially in a time like covid where we're trapped in and, and things are weird anyways things are more weird than normal and so we need to be kind of right you and you have ourselves. more inundation you know right because you have less interaction with people so it's even more relevant right now yeah and we're not as uh, frequently interact with other people who can do that for us. And so there's a or call it out. So thank you all so much for listening in. I'm Will Stockton here with my friend, Robert Hassler and here with my good friend, Brighton Butler, uh, also known as Brighton Keller, also known as Brighton Day. Check out our website, Brighton Day. And then remind me of your Instagram. It's Brighton Butler. Thanks so much for coming on and for sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you so much for having me.